0: Hello all and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callum. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we are going to be reviewing the film Elvis. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for Elvis?
1: Sure. The life of American music icon Elvis Presley from his childhood to becoming a rock and movie star in the 1950s while maintaining a complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Complex relationship
0: is the understatement of the century. (laughs) It sure is. All right, let's start off with our one sentence summaries for Elvis. Sarah, what was yours?
1: Mine is a PSA about the dangers of snowmen. <laughs> I I have a
0: question for you about that yes. whole thing at some point. Yes. But well, oh, well. <laughs> okay, not right now. Okay. Yes. So my one sentence summary is where's the cake? Because I only taste the icing and it is sickly sweet. <laughs> I want a refund <laughs> from the bakery. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll see if we can arrange that for you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's dive into our thoughts about Elvis. And given that this is a biopic about um, a-, a historical figure, we just will have full reign over this movie. So, Sarah, what are your thoughts about
1: Elvis? Um, so, every once in a while, at least <laughs> once a year, We watch a movie that causes me to have a bit of an existential crisis and makes (laughs) me ask the question, do I actually like movies? Because I kind of feel like a crazy person because all the reviews that I read of this were like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Five stars, four stars, like all of this Mm -hmm. praise of Elvis. And, uh... Yeah, no. I, mm. I didn't feel that way. Uh, I had a real hard time getting through this movie. I think it's an hour too long. I think it should have been a 90-minute movie. Um, I think that there's some issues with like the, the pacing and the way the film is framed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about some of those creative differences that I think would have made uh, for a more interesting movie. Mm -hmm. um Austin Butler's performance this will be a rewrite episode (laughs) this will be a rewrite episode for (laughs) sure um but like on the positive side like Austin Butler's performance is phenomenal he Mm -hmm. does a great Mm -hmm. job as Elvis which like it cannot be overstated how well he did because Mm -hmm. we've all seen a bajillion Elvis impersonators and this movie did not feel like an Elvis impersonator to me Mm -hmm. so like he deserves all the praise for that. Um, I think musically, there's a lot of fun things that happen in here. Um, but I, this movie was too long for me. And at times, it felt like a slog, which is not how you want to feel watching a movie, especially not one like this that is so... Um, mm-hmm fast pace and there's so much to look at and so much going on. And we just reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I need this movie to be over. So when we rewrite it, we can get uh, more into that, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I was hoping for, for better than this, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's all right. It's fine. I don't think I would recommend it, but uh, Austin Butler's performance was great.
0: I'm intrigued to unpack that bit a little bit more, and if that is potentially why this movie is so beloved—to see Mm -hmm. this iconic figure come to life in such a visceral way—might have, you know, just tugged on folks' heartstrings in in ways that I couldn't relate to. I'll preface everything I'm about to say in this episode with: I'm I'm not. I wasn't a fan of Elvis, didn't really grow up listening to his music, um, didn't have much connection to him. So a lot of like w- the the like accuracy of the portrayals of him and his life and all of that kind of stuff, I'm going to preface now is all lost on me. I'm purely looking at this movie as a film about a star who I happen to know is a famous figure. Um, I found this movie to be, so incredibly exhausting that it is up there on the charts of exhausting movies with ready player one. Uh, I got to about wow. the 20 minute mark and I was, I was ready to, to to be done with this movie and uh, we just get more performances, more montages. They just keep coming. We are bombarded. Uh, and there's, I think a lot of issues that I had with, um, the screenwriting for this movie, the way that it's framed, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But I, I was thinking a lot while this movie was unfolding and wondering if for people that were fans of Elvis, which I knew, that, I know that you grew up listening to a lot of his music with mm-hmm. your grandmother and yep. uh, that she absolutely adored him. And so I was like, maybe this works for other people. Because I was thinking about, you know, like singers or stars that I love today. And in, in – couple decades if I were to see a movie about them that feels really accurate and captures the essence of that person like just to get to re-experience that magic again would be exciting and maybe that's what this movie's purpose is to serve that visceral experience where you feel that energy again that you haven't in so long so I'd be I'm very intrigued to hear if if this if you think that this movie is working for people that are fans of Elvis, especially cause you are one or that at least your close family members were one.
1: Yeah, no, I am. Uh, I am a fan of Elvis. I guess I should have probably started with that. Um, I, like you said, like I grew up listening to Elvis with my grandmother, much to my mom's chagrin, which was always funny. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, familiar with his his music I'm not like I didn't know a lot about his life because I guess I just don't research musicians like that I guess Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah um so but yeah I Elvis does hold a special place in my heart uh just because he was like my grandma loved him and Mm -hmm. it was interesting watching this movie and just kind of, because, you know, like when you're a kid, it, mm-hmm. you know that your grandma was young at one point in time, but you kind of don't because she's old and she's just always <laughs> been old your whole life. Yeah. Um, and yes. so it was interesting watching this movie and watching, especially like in his younger years, all of these girls just like fawning over him and- yeah. it it just kind of clicked for me. Like, oh my gosh, like no wonder my grandma loved him so much Um, because he, I mean, like Elvis is such a pivotal figure in American music, obviously, but he like to live through that transition from the way that country music used to be. And then Elvis shows up on the scene and changes everything Um, It just it kind of helped me appreciate Mm. her love of him more and just like looking back on those times when we would be listening to Elvis and she would just light up like it just it puts that into a different perspective. So I did appreciate this movie for that and like helping me reminisce on, Mm. you know, those Mm -hmm. those good old times many moons ago. But yeah, I think. So for, so let's just talk about the framing. Um, yeah. I, I don't understand why we make movies that are about a famous person from not the famous person's perspective. Sometimes it works. I can't think of a time off the top of my head, but sometimes it works. But I just, I think... I think the movie was trying to do too many things. I I really think that there are two movies here. I think that one is the biopic about Elvis and we get to go like into him. What was he feeling and experiencing and like, what were his motivations and to watch him go through all those different phases in his life. Cause he goes through a lot and, and, And I feel like, again, Austin Butler does a fantastic job taking us through all those highs and lows from, like, Fresh Face Elvis, who is this, like, rebellious kid, all the way to, like, old fat Elvis in Vegas, you know? Like, he did all of those so well. So I feel like that's one movie. And then another movie is about the con man, Colonel Tom Parker, and the way that he was able to you know, lure Elvis in and do everything that he did and like get so wrapped up in the finances and and everything that he did. And I'm sure he did other shady stuff throughout his life too. And and I I just I would have rather watched just the movie about Elvis. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I didn't need Colonel Parker. Um and I I think because Austin Butler did such a good job, you didn't need the Colonel Parker framing to make the movie work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was annoyed any time we would shift away from Elvis and zoom back out to Colonel Parker narrating and doing whatever he was doing. Uh, I, just, I just wanted this to be about Elvis, and the mm-hmm. movie was trying to do too many things, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I think it also position it takes away from the impact and the the ability for for Elvis as a figurehead and the decisions that he makes to sh- really shine because this this movie almost feels fantastical in a really weird way like this the the idea of this like shadowy figure that is casting mm-hmm. his spell upon this and preying on this young star like that whole bit and the way that certain shots are framed with like the camera moving back and forth and this almost like fever dream like state um i think positions elvis to be a, a lot more of a two-dimensional figure and a, and a character versus him being a fully formed person that goes on this like complex journey and, and and makes difficult decisions, but ultimately is upholding his values. Like that is an interesting storyline. I was actually thinking a lot about the movie us versus Billy holiday, which we reviewed during Mm -hmm. one of our Oscar runs and just how much that movie soaked into who she was, the decisions that she made her childhood and that, how that informs how she sees her music as a, a political Thing as much as as it is an artistic endeavor, like that movie soaks us into her psyche and her emotional roller coaster and the decisions that she makes. And to your point, this movie is going back and forth between us being immersed into some of those moments where Elvis really um, makes some difficult decisions that might be career limiting because he's upholding his values. But then it goes back into this weird like. They're just these characters that are part of this um, fantastical world of show business and the, the the temptations and allures that come with all of that. Like it takes us out of us really getting to soak into this being a character study or a study about the industry and the its its intoxicating effects on people. Two different themes and. Um, Neither really lands effectively, and they kind of take away from each other versus really adding to each other's um, theses.
1: Yeah, and I, it, it's making me wonder if Baz Luhrmann is the right person for this particular movie. Mm-hmm. Like, in one way, it makes sense to me, it makes absolute sense because right. he, he, does the larger than life and spectacle and these like crazy visuals. And then, you know, he mixes music in such an interesting way and he's such an innovator, much the way that Elvis was. So I think like that makes a lot of sense, but at the same time you, you have to be able to balance that with, with the, the character piece of it and, And I don't think that we get enough of, of that. So maybe the movie is relying too much on spectacle, which, I mean, Elvis was way more than, than that. So I don't know. And again, Austin Butler does a great job conveying a lot, but I I think that there was more beneath the surface that this film could have explored um, if it wasn't trying to tell too many stories at once.
0: There's no cake. This is the icing. There's no
1: cake. It's just icing.
0: There's no substance in this movie.
1: No, which is really uh, It's such a dis-
0: it, yeah, it just does yeah. such a disservice to Elvis and his life. And and you can it touches on these decisions that he's that he makes, the the political statements that he makes with his music, the the nods that this movie makes to how much uh the black community and gospel music impacted and shaped his his love for this this type of music and him wanting to represent that and also the complexities of him being a white man again taking and an, taking what has traditionally come from the black community and essentially profiting off of it like The movie's not interested in dealing with any of those complexities. And it kind of feels like it does all of those things a disservice because it's just touched on as one of the many set pieces versus really letting those ideas be fully fleshed out. It's just not interested in doing any of that.
1: Though I do have to admit, it did more than I expected it to. (laughs) I, Mm, I I didn't expect... You know, because it, it makes the the nod to the fact that he stole Hound Dog from yeah. a black woman. You know, I don't know if he stole. He might have paid her a pittance. But anyway, it was originally by a black woman. Um, and I didn't expect this movie to show that. Um, and I so I it I guess because I expected zero the little that it did. I was like, oh, OK, this is cool. But I I think that there's so much more here with all the things that you said, but I also think, you know, just those moments, especially in the beginning, when um, it would cut from like the white country music, then to Elvis and his style of music, those transitions were so jarring. And I think that those were really valuable for me to see just how much of an outsider he was um, and like how alarmed everybody was when he first came on the scene. Because I mean, decades later, we all know who Elvis is. His music has been around forever, you know, in my mind. So it was great to be put in that place and to feel just how different he was. So I wanted more moments like that where I'm able to like see and feel how much he's changing music, how much he's changing the industry um, as he is also transforming as a person. And I, so they just, they misuse their time is basically what I'm trying to get at. And they didn't, (laughs) they didn't include the cake. They just did the icing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of different types of cake to continue the metaphor um, that could have gone with this icing. You could, you could choose a wide variety of flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, And they opted instead for none.
0: Mm Yeah. Which is a bold choice. And I think it also just is, is one more in the line of this the story trajectory that we've seen of a mm-hmm. tortured artist who, yeah. you know, gets gets sucked into this world and um, has these humble roots and humbles beginning as a change maker in a lot of ways, but gets lost in the allure of this world. And that trope I feel like we've seen so many times and this movie mm-hmm. doesn't do anything more interesting with that idea it doesn't feel grounded in really digging into why and how and what that actually looks like i was thinking about bohemian rhapsody a lot while watching this movie which does such an incredible job bringing us into that inner life and 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 the 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 struggles that he endured And so it is, it again follows that same trajectory of the rise to fame and the fall from, from fame, but it doesn't in a much more meaningful way. And there's, there's meat and potatoes there. Whereas this, that whole third act of this movie where we see Mm -hmm. Elvis begin to fall apart and turn to drugs and women. And it just, it's like the movie has nothing interesting to say about any of that. And it's, it feels like they didn't even attempt to try and say anything interesting it's almost like they didn't even know uh what there was to unpack there it was just like all right we're going to go through these motions cuz like this is this is the way it all unfolds but there's there's nothing more to it than i think the first third of this movie showcasing his rise and where his mm-hmm. roots come from is the most interesting part of yeah. this movie. The rest is kind of just this frenetic fever dream of the tortured artist that we've seen a million times, you know.
1: And I I wonder if the the Colonel Parker framing is to maybe help uh simplify Elvis as a character. You know, we mm-hmm. we tend to like our characters to cleanly fit in good guy or bad guy and we we struggle with the humanity that is a lot more complex and I mean I again I don't know a lot about Elvis's life I just listened to his music obsessively as a child um and but he was a lot more complex I think than the movie would have us believe and he wasn't as maybe as much of a good guy as the movie might have us to believe. Again, I don't know. I could be wrong. He could be a saint for all I know. Um, And so maybe Colonel Parker helps because he's the bad guy who's taking advantage of the good guy, Elvis, as opposed to if this was just a movie about Elvis, then they would have they would have to include some more of that complexity. And maybe the thought is that audiences just don't want that out of their protagonist, which I think is incorrect. We, we can handle that complexity because it makes a character feel more real. Cause if they're purely good, it's not believable. Uh, I don't know. And I don't know. This Elvis also just didn't seem like he had a lot of agency, which is weird (laughs) because he's Elvis. So I just... Yeah, okay. I'm going to stop harping on Colonel Tom Parker, but I'm very bothered by that creative choice. (laughs) Yes, I
0: I am as well. I I do feel like there's a version of this movie that could have been really fascinating exploring this like strange dynamic between these two men who feel like Mm -hmm. they need each other and rely on each other and yet there is like bitterness and jealousy that's a part of that too and exploring this power dynamic and what that reveals about them could have been really interesting because there are some scenes again that this movie nods to which is this intimacy and this closeness that these two men have the fact that Elvis relies so heavily on him and sees him as a father figure when his mother dies, like current, the Colonel is there to catch him in that, in that like dark season of his life. And this movie could have really interestingly explored this like weird dependent relationship that they have on each other and the sense of, you know, like safety that they feel navigating this like chaotic frenetic world together, while also having these power dynamics could have been really interesting but this movie doesn't make clear either of their motivations backstories or anything like that to make that dynamic between them feel understandable like that moment when uh Elvis's mother passes and he he runs essentially to colonel to the colonel to like find solace there it it i'm like i don't think this moment was teed up well enough for me to buy that yet you know so yeah i think there's there's a version that could have explored that relationship and and just the the strangeness of it all in a really fascinating way too which i think could have been an interesting movie but again it wouldn't focus on elvis and focus on their relationship
1: so i i have i have a theory about uh screenwriting just in general i i don't have the evidence to back it up but i i have a feeling that this is true that the more writers uh involved in writing a screenplay <laughs> the worse the screenplay is yeah you've told me this one before how many screenwriters are there for this movie four wow yeah and, it kind and of it, feels
0: like it feels many like storylines, it yeah right?
1: because yeah. it it feels like it's it's multiple movies and mm-hmm. and different people had different ideas mm-hmm. um and then they just got all hodgepodge together um,
0: yep. that's fascinating right yeah
1: yeah if it, it feels like it was written it's by it's like four
0: these people. many different dimensions and lenses to view mm-hmm. many like this di- this set of dynamics and yeah. Really, if they had chosen one dimension to tease apart and focus on, this could have been really effective. Instead, it's almost like we're seeing many angles of the same story, but it none of them are fully realized enough to feel meaty and substantial. Yeah. That's fascinating. Here's a data point. You know, <laughs> we've got one. We got one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So another interesting bit that again maybe was an idea from one of the four writers, which I thought was so such an interesting idea that never is fully realized, is this uh, con- constant mentioning of Captain Marvel and almost Elvis's obsession yeah. with with Captain Marvel and and being a figure and being a legend in a lot of ways and being remembered, you know, like that whole theme and his like longing for that was super fascinating, but it's not really mentioned a lot. And I thought it was interesting for them to really uh, rest the third act and like his final moments on that being what he was desiring is to be remembered. I think it's, you know, again, a trope of a lot of artists and, and especially famous artists to, to want to, you know, chase this idea of immortality through your, your, your fame and whatnot. But um, I don't think, again, it's not teed up, but that could have been a really fully realized well paid off moment, which is that from, from his childhood, he desired to to make something of his life and be significant, Um, and be this figure for the public the way that superheroes are for us today. Like that is an interesting idea to explore. And then you can tee that up uh, against what's his face, the colonel, as your supervillain in this uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe meets live action version. You know, like that could have been a really interesting lens to film this movie on. And I feel like visually could have been really fun to explore they kind of do honestly there's some there's some shots that visually are are in the style of like uh, comic books in that in the opening section and that fever dream mm-hmm. section so again maybe one of the four writers had this idea and they were like all right well you get your 30 minutes of that type of content but that's your quota <laughs>
1: yeah that's all you're your allotted in this two <laughs> and a half hour long movie I I wonder if okay, so I read afterwards that Elvis actually was a fan of Captain Marvel. Um and I, I just wonder if some of it was like, oh, we know this about Elvis, so we're gonna put this in here. Um without without trying to to connect it all into a cohesive story. You know, I, I think that's one of the really hard things about biopics. Um, I mean, not only is it difficult to portray a person who actually lived who was so famous that they warrant a movie made for them, but being discerning enough to shape the narrative, which means that you have to cut some things out that aren't as important. And I, I feel like this movie was just like, let's just throw in everything we know about Elvis throughout his life. And that'll be the movie as opposed to like, we're interested in exploring this facet of who Elvis was. And here is how we're going to build our argument. Here is the scope and here is how we're going to shape this narrative. Uh, It just feels like a, I don't know, a box Mm -hmm. of facts Mm -hmm. about him told in the most like glamorous over the top way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, without a story, without a meaning to string everything together.
0: This is reminding me a lot of our conversation that we had uh, when we were discussing where the crawdads sing, and I Mm. think that potentially my theory is that creating a film from a book. And also from a person's life is almost more challenging yeah. because there's so much content and everything feels captivating and important and representative of like paying homage or being honoring to the original material, whether the material is a person's life or a, a, a book or a novel, right? I think if if this movie were truly just about the rise and fall of a, a musical icon, it would have been a better movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they, yep. there could have been this separation from just being so captivated by all of the possible things to include, like you mentioned, and they can see this as truly a storyline about a musical icon and his rise and fall.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: just tried to do too much. Which then begs the question that I was thinking about yeah. as I finished this movie, feeling incredibly <sighs> exhausted. Because I'm like, you needed a nap. I needed, I needed like a two day nap after this movie. (laughs) I wanted silence. I was, yes, exhausted. Um, But I was thinking about if that was part of the strategy of creating this like overwhelming Mm -hmm. fever dream, sensory overload experience and it simulating how intoxicating and overwhelming show business really is, especially because so much of the third act is emphasizing just how much he never got a break. He was just constantly performing on stage, like surrounded by paparazzi living this grand glamorous life. So it's like in a weird way, I'm exhausted, but is that part of the strategy of the film to get me to empathize with with Elvis and just why he broke down because it was all so, um, all consuming for him. So I, I wondered if there was some, uh, very intentional design of this being like relentless in its sensory overload. We just go from like performance to performance to performance. I was like, I don't want to be on stage anymore. Let's just be in his hotel room and just like have a quiet moment with him. But, you know, it's part of what he lived through as well.
1: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. Uh I think that that was intentional, but I don't think it was executed as well as it could have been. Um because by the end I I wasn't empathizing with him. I was done. I was checked out cuz I just I couldn't I couldn't do anymore. I didn't want to do anymore. I was done with this movie an hour and a half ago. Why are you still doing more things? Um, so I, I think that there's a way to to use that a little bit differently to get us into that character's mind. Um, and I I think I I think you do need those times alone, maybe more at the beginning, so that we get to know the character, because maybe the movie is also just relying on the fact that everybody knows of Elvis, but we don't know him. So I think time at the beginning to really get to know who he is, learn his character, and then you can feel this acceleration and then the fever dream starts and then it just gets to be all too overwhelming. And then you look and you're like, oh my gosh, how did we get here where he's this different person than he was in the beginning? Then I feel like we would have that empathy and that, that fever dream momentum could have really, really worked. But because we never, we get to learn some facets of him, but it's more of like, this is my music and I want to be rebellious and I want to make money and I want to change music. So I'm going to do what I want, you know, and he does care for his family and that's really great. You know, he's friends with uh, BB King and other musicians of color that's really great. But we don't know who he is. We don't truly know what's motivating him as a person. And so then we're just, we're just watching this person go through all of this rather than being in it with him.
0: I think that is so true. That relationship and that empathy and investment in him isn't built yet, which to your point earlier, goes back to the framing because from the beginning, we see him through the perspective of uh, the Colonel. And there is, for us as the viewers, the sense of awe and wonder and like, who is this, who is this person uh, from the beginning? And by default, that sense of awe comes at a distance and uh, by the time we we really are immersed into his family life and and his inner psyche, he's already positioned as the essentially the show pony that the colonel is going to exploit. And so yeah, it it's it's the framing problem. <laughs> it all goes back to the fact that this is framed in such a way that creates distance from the beginning. And we see Elvis from from the verse first few moments from the perspective of the colonel,
1: which could have also been a super interesting right. movie, right? But yeah, not that plus a biopic plus a other study. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
0: it's it's too much. It's too many things. Too
1: many things.
0: The other thing that I think could have been interesting to explore in this movie if they were to go and really lean into this uh, dimension of the colonel and his relationship with Elvis is the fact that he might be an unreliable narrator. Like there were so many scenes with when things were unfolding and whatnot where I was just like this, if this is all from the perspective of the colonel, we are getting a skewed version of it. But that that view and that perspective isn't consistent. Some moments, it's from the perspective of the colonel, and we hear his voiceover and his thoughts about a situation that happened. But other times, we're supposed to be immersed into Elvis's world. So I think maybe it all boils down to the fact that we are constantly switching perspectives and it's kind of unclear whose perspective we're supposed to be adopting. Are we in in the, in the psyche of Elvis right now? Or are we standing at a distance and observing him and uh, seeing everything through the lens of the colonel? Like it, it kind of is constantly going back and forth between all of those, it's problematic.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because if we don't understand, yeah, if we don't understand who the narrator is, it's really hard to understand what we're doing in this movie and it's hard to immerse yourself in anything cuz mm-hmm. you're constantly being pulled out like oh okay now we're with Colonel Parker oh we're zooming back in with Elvis oh we're doing this other right. thing like it's just yeah. it's it's a get. it's too much but not in a good way
0: right right
1: especially because the movie doesn't open with Elvis it opens with no, the it Colonel No it doesn't and i just i i know I have been harping on Colonel Tom Parker this whole time for 40 minutes. I've been talking about Colonel Parker, but I'm so annoyed. Mm -hmm. Why are you making a movie? It's called Elvis. And you start with not Elvis. I just, I, I don't understand. Right. I don't get it. I don't get the choice. I don't either. Okay. Question for you is your
0: thoughts on Tom Hanks. As Colonel Tom Parker. Did it work for you? Was it was it jarring?
1: It, it, no, I I didn't like it. Uh, it it was just it was weird. It was very weird. It was weird seeing America's dad yes. as this Dutch question mark swindler. Uh, right. It was just it was it was odd. I he'd, he it was fine. I think I was impressed by the the makeup and the prosthetics more than anything else. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, they did a good job making him not look like Tom Hanks. I obviously know that it's Tom Hanks, but wow, they did a good job. So I, I think more than anything, I was just annoyed that he was the narrator and that's about all of I want to say about Colonel Tom Parker.
0: Okay. Fair. <laughs> I think this is a poor casting choice. Yeah. That's I fair. think that the like if you're gonna cast an iconic actor such as Tom Hanks, who has such a a, a personal brand in this type of role, you better have something interesting to, that you're trying to say with this, you know? Like that there is some underlying thing that there was this warmth that they had or what whatnot. But like if he's straight up just supposed to play this like conniving evil dude and he's Tom Hanks, I just feel like the the, it doesn't make, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I was thinking about the casting of Jude Law in Mm. one of the Marvel movies where it was was kind of a fake out. Yeah. Yeah. That was genius. And I was like, but of all people, why, why Tom Hanks for this role?
1: It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I I do wonder if if that, like, against type casting was supposed to make us feel like he was more charismatic or more warm, you know, because... Because when you're being conned by somebody, I don't know, I've, I don't think I've ever been conned. I've just watched too many movies. But when you're being conned by somebody, you don't realize that you're being conned because they're they're warm and they're fuzzy and they're your best friends and, you know, all the things. So I wonder if the thought was, like, let us get this beloved celebrity to play this hated character in order to get the audience to maybe feel he was as endearing as elvis felt he was i don't know if that doesn't make any sense but i'm just trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense yes
0: i think that could have worked and then the screenwriting should have been strategic enough to yes. to have that revealed slowly yeah over time but like Ooh, the first time that would have been so good him, you know like he is He's straight up evil at the end of his life, like a shriveled up dude that you, there's no, there's no warmth, but that could have been really interesting is to see these like sinister undertones slowly coming to fruition the way that, again, if we started this movie empathizing with Elvis, like we too, as the viewers are also experiencing this person that felt like such a warm safe haven actually be. Really manipulating us, and we are beginning to see that more and more and more. That could have been
1: great. Okay, so we well, open the movie. The pieces could have worked together. We open the movie with Elvis doing yeah. his thing. He is just something else, like nothing we've ever seen before. As a we kid, see the audience honestly, react. yeah. Wow, amazing. And then <laughs> the camera pans to reveal tom hanks as colonel tom parker who is this man who is watching elvis then they approach business relationship ensues everything is great we think we're doing great on the rise all of the events that happen but then like you said moments where we're like oh something shady is happening there Mm -hmm. it is not paradise everything Mm -hmm. is not perfect Mm -hmm. and then it all blows up in the end as we know
0: yes And then it's satisfying to see Colonel Tom Parker, who we saw as this warm, jolly, like supportive person, get the demise that he deserves. And we see Elvis's impact and legacy. And it feels like a satisfying, like, good has won at the end of this. Whereas in this movie, we get him shriveled up and like, wandering through the casinos and just like lost like we get kind of see the end already and sometimes that Mm -hmm. can work to create really interesting tension and like cast this really fascinating shadow over the rest of the the journey to get there but I think in this case it kind of takes away from the impact of that
1: yeah can we just stop with this kind of storytelling where you start with the end and then you right. go back so, and then you, you know, like, uh-huh. can can we just stop? Like, like you said, it does work sometimes, but it also doesn't work a lot of the time. Uh-huh. So I I need, I need us to come up with some better ways to frame movies rather than starting at the end. Uh, because mm-hmm. it tends to ruin things more than it enhances them yes yes
0: completely agree okay great I think it just feels like it's an interesting screenwriting framing device when in reality not. it just takes away yeah it takes away from <laughs> the gut punch one two impact that we're really looking for yeah yeah Okay, other things
1: you wanted to talk about? Oh man. okay, well, let me look at my notes because now I'm not gonna be yelling about how annoying Colonel Tom Parker is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just one thing that I was really impressed by was the intentionality in the costuming specifically. Mm. Um, because so many, me- like there's so many iconic, Moments yeah. of Elvis performing, <laughs> and I, I love that we got to see him through all of these different years. And like clothing was always important to him the whole time, and we got to see how his his style evolved. And so I just I so appreciated all of the time and detail that it took them to recreate all of these outfits. Uh, I I cannot imagine the. The labor that went into that, but uh, it it was definitely a detail that I appreciated throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, and the amount of research that went into all of yeah. those performances. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear uh, your comment earlier about Austin Butler's Elvis performance feeling very authentic and accurate because he does so many performances and he has just like. There's so much that I'm sure he had to spend hours slaving over these recordings to get so many of those small gestures and interactions accurate. And I thought that you know, like the the hearing you say that it it really did work well was impressive to me i, I that was an open question that I had while the movie was unfolding is is this feel feeling to people uh authentic and real? Or does it feel like an impression? Because you, like you said, we've seen so many of them before. And we've seen in other movies like being the Ricardos where oh. actors and actresses oh. are playing these iconic characters and they get so much backlash for not doing it justice. And with such an iconic character like Elvis, I'm sure that Austin Butler worked his butt off to nail some of these things.
1: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I was ready to just be like, nope, he sucked. Mm -hmm. I I was ready because not only is this a very famous person, he's also a musician. So I was I was ready. I was ready for a roast and uh, I cannot because he did a great job. And so I Mm. I was wrong. I prejudged that aspect of the movie (laughs) incorrectly. Mm. he did a great job I'm, and i was blown away
0: i was surprised at how much from a filmmaking perspective they don't shy away from letting him hang hang all of him hang out there and mm-hmm. do all of the performances in an almost like it's all its fullness like he does full songs um it almost is like the equivalent of an action sequence that is filmed with a still camera so you really see that there was effort put in to do all the action like I thought that they were going to potentially give him like a couple of moments in a song but then cut away because they didn't want to lean too much into it or let let it let themselves be open to that level of critique but I mean this is like a musical in a whole lot of ways there's 10 plus songs, full on songs that he's doing full performances of. And I was kind of surprised by how much they really let him shine.
1: And one thing that I loved in the beginning, they didn't really do this as much throughout, but in the beginning, the the film does so much interesting, like sound mixing. So during mm. Elvis's first performance, um, <laughs> There is this, like, guitar riff uh, from an electric guitar underneath it, and it's from Gary Clark Jr. It's one of his songs, who is also in this movie, which brought me so much joy because I love Gary Clark Jr. He's a brilliant guitarist, and it was just great to see him featured in this. But I loved hearing that, that modern music with this Elvis song on top of it. It was just... So such a cool way auditorially to hear how the past has influenced the present and how innovative he was and how he has helped shape and change music. And it's Mm -hmm. it's such a little thing. And probably just like music nerds will read that much into it. But it was just such a cool moment filled with so much meaning. Uh, And I wanted more of those. Throughout, Because they, they teed it up in the beginning. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be so fun musically. And I don't think they did anything quite as fun as that throughout the rest of the film. So I feel like that was another opportunity mm-hmm. to really... Because, I mean, a lot of Bas Lerman's movies use music in such interesting ways. And I think maybe I expected too much creativity from this because it is about Elvis. Uh, But I feel like there was an opportunity there to do even more than this film did.
0: I agree. I think even, even visually too, that there's a lot that's very interesting Mm -hmm. in the first act, but I don't, I don't think it continues throughout the rest of the film. Like there's a lot of really interesting cuts and, Uh, the screen split into like six different quadrants and overlapping like montages of newspaper articles. And it feels like this collage, almost like you're opening up a scrapbook of this moment in time, which was really fascinating and exciting and thrilling. Um, But I I almost feel like he uses less of that as the film goes on, perhaps because it's leaning more into this dramatic storyline. And so he felt like that wasn't as fit, but um, it's almost like they, it's almost, it almost feels like they ran out of steam and like ran out of time yeah. and uh, just didn't have time to be that intentional throughout the entire film. Uh, but I imagine the sound mixing, uh, could have, could have continued to be as strong and make some interesting creative choices too throughout.
1: I, I do wonder, cause it, it, it really is almost like it starts off with this bang and all of this creativity and all of these like really interesting things that are happening on screen in your ears yes and then it falls into this is elvis's life and and so again i'm just i am just a broken record about this movie i guess i i just don't think that they were discerning enough they didn't cut away enough cuz if they had removed some things and didn't feel like they need to tell, you know, every part of Elvis's life, then, then they probably could have been more creative with certain things because they weren't trying to jam-pack all of his years into this one movie, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It. This movie
0: is like back in school when you had an hour to write an essay. Uh, in that class time period, and at the beginning, your handwriting is like beautiful and neat and <laughs> your thoughts are well thought out. And then by the end, you're just like, oh my God, we need to finish the essay. <laughs> like mm, Handwriting yeah. is messy. The thoughts are just spewing onto the screen. You're just like, we just need to get it done. Yeah. And you're right. This kind of feels like we're just going through the motions after the midway through of the movie.
1: It's a shame. Yeah.
0: Hmm, okay, uh, thoughts on the final scene where it kind of cuts from Austin Butler to the real Elvis with that, that real footage? Did that work for you? I know a lot of people were talking about that one.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I honestly, by that, I was just like, oh, real footage. That means the movie's over. over. <laughs> um, You're just like,
0: oh my gosh, I've been relieved of this now.
1: I I think that, yeah, I th- I think it worked for me. I think it works for the nostalgia piece of it and seeing him. I think that it works to show just how good of a job Austin Butler did and how good the you know makeup and creative team prosthetics I don't know what they did to Austin Butler but whatever they did to him to make him look like Elvis they did a good job um and I also think that 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 cut does a really good job painting Elvis as a really tragic figure um because he he was such a talented musician and he did so much through music and he meant so much to so many people Um, but he found himself you know his life in shambles um, you know addicted unhealthy all of these things and and so it's this interesting um, like this like really like melancholy ending of this is who he became and yet within that, despite everything, he was still passionate about the music and would still give it his all in spite of everything. So I think think it works. I think if the movie had (laughs) been framed better and paced better, then that ending could have really landed well and been a really a really strong like knockout punch to end the film. Um but I think because the movie isn't as strong as it could have been from a writing perspective, that moment wasn't as strong as it could have
0: been. I 100% agree. That was going to be my exact comment is that it worked because of the nostalgia. And I think in general when you when you mm-hmm. see a story unfold and then you see the real footage or photos like it all inevitably that's going to tug on our heartstrings like they knew that was going to be happen. a slam dunk but it would have packed more of a punch had the rest of this journey that we've gone on felt so much more connected um to us as the viewers that we were invested in this person here is a real life person i think it would have it would have felt way more meaningful and so and there was a little part of me that was like well, we went on this journey and now you're ending with this really you know, nostalgic moment with me and I get what you're trying to do and I'm aware of it and it's working. but I, I'm seeing what you're doing and uh, it takes a little
1: bit of the impact away, I think. It feels like manipulation rather than like a yes. heartwarming or you know impactful ending. yeah, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Man. There is a good movie in here. What the heck? There really is. There really is. It's not Uh, far off. Like we can, we can, yeah, we can workshop this, you know, Mm -hmm. cut out some pieces and, and, and we got something. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, instead we get a, we get a,
0: a frenzy of a, a journey that we go on.
1: Indeed, mm-hmm. yes, it is it is very frenzied mm-hmm. it's a lot. any other last thoughts about Elvis? did you spot any pinky rings in this movie? Oh my gosh, there are I- Jen there are so many pinky rings
0: in this movie. I told you I was exhausted, didn't I. <laughs>
1: We you, had, did. you did I was That's just bad. proud of
0: myself For like Catching every plot point at, By the third act <laughs> It was like Everything in me wants to just Run from this Chaos <laughs> but I endured I That's endured fair. But okay So there were so many pinky rings There were a lot of pinky rings Yes Wow Yes I hope that the colonel had At least some of them He did not Okay Um. Let's see Who else I mean, did Elvis wear a ton?
1: He sure did. Yeah, that tracks. But what what was so interesting, so he he was the only one that I spotted that wore one. Other people might have, but he wore a ton. And it was kind of cool to see how uh, the style and the size of the pinky rings changed throughout Mm -hmm. uh, all of his various stages of life. But he was an inconsistent pinky ring wearer. Which, okay. uh, I I haven't seen because he he wasn't wearing it. I don't think after the 1968 special, um, and I don't think that he was wearing it when he like went to go break up with Colonel Parker. I could be wrong, but so there like there were certain very pivotal scenes where he I wasn't remember. wearing a pinky ring. But then like other times like in his performances and stuff, he was wearing a pinky ring. So I don't really know uh what to do with that in my theory <laughs> cuz he was inconsistent. So I don't yeah. know where he fits in my in my buckets.
0: He also as a performer and flashy yeah. and stylistic, so I feel yeah. like I feel like this
1: he, is he gets
0: another bucket. He... Yes. I think that we, we need to continue to assess. Maybe if there are more people in his bucket, then this could be a valid bucket. But okay. up until then, we're just basically pruning the data for it to tell us what we want it to tell us,
1: <laughs> which is
0: fine, as long as we're self-aware about it, you know? That's all Great. that matters. Love it. Here for it. <laughs> hmm.
1: And so he was the, he was the main one. No one yes. Else? I didn't okay. spot okay. them on anybody else. But he wore a lot of them.
0: Maybe we just need a, like a an exception, which is just any stage performers automatically I, I are eliminated from so. the data set.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good rule.
0: Yes, this is like chemistry. We're going to give you a rule, and then here's fifty exceptions to the rule that you <laughs> also need to memorize.
1: <laughs> oh, but I don't. I don't like that. Yes. But I mean, that's in that's in everything, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the English language. Here is a rule, and here's the 500 exceptions. Right. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. So we will. Okay. Have our so rule. we, we, we have, might we need to one continue. Exception.
0: Yes. To observe the stage performers.
1: Yes. Yes, we do. Oh, but I don't want to watch more biopics. I know. Me too.
0: I am okay, so, so we- done with biopics.
1: Me too. <laughs> Because I I just I never understand the point, you know, because like even the idea like we were talking about the the power dynamics between Colonel Parker and Elvis. And I think that that is fascinating and I want to see that explored. But I think that you can take that story and put it onto two fictional characters and it be just as impactful, if not more because then you're not trying to, to make it Elvis. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of stories that can be inspired by real events, uh, but told in a fictional way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get the point of trying to recreate somebody's life on the big screen. Sometimes it works and they're great movies and that's
0: wonderful just never as good as watching a documentary about the real person yeah i think it's just a money grab this is like the movie to to engage like the older audiences and get them into the theaters and have a night out you know yeah yeah
1: (laughs) i just i love creative stories and i love Like the creative world building that people do and crafting these characters and all of that. And I just, Mm -hmm. I want to see more of that and less Mm -hmm. of biopics, less franchises, less, I just, I want something new. I want something fresh. I want something exciting, not, not this,
0: not, not this.
1: The which... thing it's the
0: fall and we're heading oh, into indie yes. drama Oscar season. Oh, my happy time. Yes. This, this, oh. is a good, this is a good time of year.
1: So my, my existential crisis about movies is well-timed because we're going into the best time of year for movies. Yes. Great. I'm sure your existential crises often happen
0: at the end of summer. <laughs> Probably. Which is the perfect timing <laughs> for the existential crisis to be late to rest. True. Which is wonderful. Yep. You know, the the seasons and rhythms of the world, man.
1: Yep. It'll, it'll They're very wise. <laughs> it'll come back around next year, but right. we're going into prime movie season. Just wow. when we've lost hope in
0: the movie <laughs> industry, hope will be restored by some weird, oh, moody, yes.
1: Ooh. artsy-fartsy I'm stuff. here for it. Bring me the artsy-fartsy movies. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so ready. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> so, it'll be interesting to see Elvis and this movie's chances in the Oscar run. You know, this feels
1: like hey, Oscar bait. I, buy- I will vote weight. for Austin Butler. He did a great job. He deserves a nomination. I think he'll probably get one. Great. That's all. I can the Academy loves biopics. They really do. Again, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to harp on that anymore. Especially in the actor-actress category. Yeah, they they love
0: to nominate for the biopics. Well, we'll see in a few months. We will indeed. We will indeed. After our our faith in our faith in the film industry has been restored, as we
1: ride into the spring and summertime. (laughs) Oh, no, nope. we're we're in artsy-fartsy movie territory. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to think about the spring and the summer. Give me my my artsy, melancholy dramas. Ah.
0: Yes, tis the season. The best.
1: Tis the season.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, this is our review and discussion of Elvis. You can find it available to stream on HBO Max. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about Elvis. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic whimsy Experiment. On Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperimentgmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the film Blonde. We hope you have an amazing week, and we'll see you next week.